Hey, welcome back to the Lightspeed Lawn Care Marketing Podcast. Uh, we have a, a real treat today. Robert is not in the studio, but I am very excited about our guest today. As we were talking, I realized that he's one of my oldest friends in the green industry. We are sitting down today with John Pajak. Hey, Cody. How's it going? Hey, man. I'm doing great. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's great to be here. So what we wanted to talk about today kind of our main topic is what's the difference between businesses that hit, you know, that $100,000 per year target in top line revenue and the guys who are still like, just like treading water forever, never able to to hit six figures. So, and I know that you are kind of a financial expert and that is definitely somewhere that I should not give a lot of advice because I am not, uh, not great with that. Well, thank you. Yeah, I do a lot of financial coaching, mainly for landscapers and and people that business owners that are in the green industry. Um, The things that I experience where you have someone that's below that 100,000 mark is they make a lot of them make the same mistakes all the time. They're it's not the fact that they're they're trying not trying to market things, but they don't put any money towards a marketing budget. And I, I know that there's plenty of companies out there that have hit and surpassed that hundred K mark without just by word of mouth and by, you know, kind of like old school referrals and things like that. Um, but the guys that keep spinning their wheels, they hit like the 50,000 or, you know, they're, they're between like 50 and 80,000. That seems to be the, the bulk of the guys that, seem to get stuck and when i go over mm-hmm. their numbers i have a program it's a budgets break evens and bottom lines workshop it's a one-on-one coaching session that i go through with them and when we go through their numbers i i start asking you know ask all these different questions about all their every aspect of their business but then when we get down to the marketing section it's like okay how much did you spend on you know print material facebook ads any kind of digital marketing or billboards. I mean, I go deep, you know, and it's like, I kind of like break everything down into line items and time after time, after time, it's well, zero. I don't, I don't have a budget for that. Well, zero. I don't think about that. And that seems to be the, to me, like the Rosetta stone of like, when, if I had to say why these companies and why these businesses can't get past that 100k mark i noticed that it's a lot of time it's because they don't have any kind of marketing budget yeah i think part of what you're describing here and feel free to to correct me with your experience Mm -hmm. but it sounds like you know you can grow by word of mouth for so long and then you hit a point where your business is big enough that your attrition rate of clients that you're losing is not outpaced by people coming in and so you just end up with those kind of neutralizing each other and you just get stuck at that 50 to 80 number because you need something that's going to get more people coming in than are going out. Exactly. Attrition is something that happens to all of us. Mm-hmm. It's not something that we could really like future proof in a way, except for having a steady stream of new clientele coming in because, yeah. you know, attrition is you're losing people. And it could be many reasons why it could be people move, people just quit, people pass away. Um, you know, that's in our industry, that's 
their son really? ages up into uh teenagehood yeah. and he's mowing exactly the lawn now. yeah it's like hey my kid's old enough to take care of these this certain service that you're providing and we're going to look give it to them we've lost I can't tell you, (laughs) but when you go back into it it, again, yeah, you have to have a plan. You know, it's, it's not, things just don't happen when you're trying to build a a business that's a hundred K plus, which is pretty, you know, attainable, very attainable within this, this industry. um, You definitely need to have a plan for marketing and, with that, you have to budget for that. And it's not like, you know, we have different programs of, you know, like with, I still have a lawn care business that operates now. And we still have like a fixed budget for our marketing. And then there's times when it's like, you know what, we're going to kind of throw a marketing campaign together right now. It's kind of a little bit unexpected, but we're, it, you know, like our prices that we charge people has a portion of that money going towards marketing. But then there's times when I look at it and go, yeah. So it's like, it's planned out. It's like, you know, your pricing are, are, you know, all the pricing is, is bundled together so that it has that marketing element into it. And and it might only be pennies. Okay. But when you have that across all your uh, clients, it adds up and it allows you to have a marketing budget. But then, you know, there's times when it's like, you know what, I think if I pull you know, if I push the button on my marketing strategy, I'll just take some of this out of profit. I'll go, Hey, you know what? We're going to take $500 and just put that into marketing, push the button and it's going to generate $2,500. You know, it may may not, it may not five exit, but you know, most of the program or most of the plans that we have, we would easily get like twice, you know, a double on our return. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if we put 500 in, we could expect to generate a thousand. So we make another 500 profit. And I think that, you know, a lot of guys are, don't want to spend the money on marketing, but I think if you positioned it to them as, Hey, if you had a button with a coin slot next to it, and every time you put a quarter in, it gave you two quarters back, you would do that all day long. That's good money. The point is, you know, like making sure that you can generate that return on the marketing. You don't want to spend on, you know, silly things that do nothing. I I'm, I can't remember who told me the story of some guy dropped like $1,500 on a campaign that was just a single day of, uh, you know, an airplane pulling a banner over his town and it right. did nothing, but it was very fun and he got cool pictures. And if that's what you're looking for, then you got it. But, um, you know, you want to make sure that what you're spending on makes sense, but on the whole, like you have to be budgeting for, marketing spend and you have to build it into the pricing of your services mm-hmm. and, and you may bring up a great point i know that with marketing i am not a marketing expert you know i look to you know my friends like cody here you know <laughs> who that that's what you do i know from experience that you know if you're going to do a one one-time marketing plan you're going to have extremely low rates of return if you have any mm-hmm. you know it's like we used to say like you had to see things like seven times before you get start getting a return. I think it's it's more like twelve to fifteen touches now. And I mean by touches is like, hey, if, you know, let's just say you had a Facebook marketing campaign going, you might have to see you might have to have that rolling so many times just to get through the noise 
that yeah. people see every day. It's like think about it when you get home and you get a um, like a, a you know postcard, a flyer, or something like that. Most people, they even if it's cool looking, if it's like a great piece of print, they might look at it for a second and then toss it to the side, or yeah. it goes in the trash. But if you keep getting that, and then all of a sudden you start seeing. Hey, there's a Facebook ad. I, wait, I, I saw that. Guy, that guy gave me a postcard, mm-hmm. or I saw that logo before, or you know, it, it comes in some other form of media, and it's like now you you're starting to like put that brain bug in their in their head, and yeah, it might take a long time for them to turn around and um, actually give you a, a call or go to the website or whatever. But we find that. You know, you have to budget multiple things. Your guy that did this, the the uh, airplane with the the banner and everything, he could, if he was, if he would have had the right mentality, the right mindset, he could have been like, yeah, I spent fifteen hundred dollars on this, but guess what? That's not what's going to pay off. It's going to be like I'm taking pictures of it. We're going to say we're all over town and made a whole campaign about that itself. Yeah, and been like, yeah, you might have seen our planes flying around. You might have seen this and like. <laughs> Yeah, it only happened one time, but you were you had it documented like pictures from all over town, like had like I would have set it up where like I had all my family members go out and like take the pictures and post it online and be like, this guy's everywhere. <laughs> we just saw the whoever ABC lawn, you know, plane fly by again. And it's, you know, anyway, that's just my mind. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely like there's a way to make that campaign really cool and work. Um, and then there's a way to just light $1,500 on fire. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. This doesn't necessarily have to be marketing, but it, you know, if it is, then cool. The biggest financial hiccups that people should avoid as they're starting to plan out 2023. Uh, first and foremost, it surprises me how many guys don't pay themselves. Mm. Make sure you're paying yourself. Okay. Because that's going to really lead into accurately having the right prices okay you start with a baseline you know what you have your actual prices or what your costs are so you could generate profitable prices and that's like the basic framework and then you could go on from everywhere else whether it be for your marketing campaign whether it be for you know equipment replacement or um adding more um laborers more workers more office staff whatever it may be make sure you you know you really have a good idea of what or not a good idea just know what it really costs you to generate you know operate your business and generate money this is kind of for like 2023 i would say really have your become more efficient with your business this year because the way the economy is going, things are a little uneasy. Like last year, we had a lot of prices increase on us dramatically. Yeah. And we, we're talking product prices going, you know, like n- tripling or quadrupling. Okay. So uh, part of that, you know, that's out of our control. If you're working in an industry that is, you know, or a, a service that is has a lot of product involved yeah you could shop around and you should always be doing that there is you know i like to be loyal to my vendors but at the same time there's times when it's like i i'm going to have to i will still use them 
But for a particular product, I might have to outsource it to a third company or a, another vendor that I have. And that way you're not putting the, that goes twofold. You're not putting everything in, in one basket. Mm-hmm. And let's just say that company ends up folding or something goes wrong. And now you, you're, you're stuck and you have no way of sourcing your materials. It's like, have your multiple baskets still be loyal, you know, make sure you're buying from them. That way you have those good relationships. Um, but you're not putting everything in one. You're not putting everything on one vendor in particular. Second, like, I, like I was going on, I kind of sidetracked myself. <laughs> <laughs> I had, but, I had a couple questions about owner's yeah. salary. If we can double back on that. Yeah. Let's double back on that. And yeah. then we'll move. So when you're trying to set that number for your mm-hmm. business, are you looking at like the previous year's revenue and then like going off a percentage to then, I know the number should be like set in concrete. You should be paid, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a set salary. How do you, how do you pick that number? Okay. I advise people to, if you're a smaller business, let's just say you're, you're in year one or year two. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you still haven't, gotten a lot of employees or anything like that you say you're still solo you should pay yourself what even though you're the owner you should pay yourself what your tech at least what your technician would be getting paid gotcha so if it comes out it's like if you're going to pay your technicians say it's just lawn mowing and you could you could find somebody that'll actually do it for 15 bucks, right? Which is almost impossible nowadays. We're, we're, you know, everything's creeping up and we're getting closer into the, you know, it's $20 just to have a, a, someone who shows up every day. Yeah. Yeah. You should pay yourself that at first. Okay. Cause the name of the game is you think about this, you're establishing what it really co- would cost you if you had to replace yourself in that, you know, you, you business owners, we always say, oh, you wear multiple hats. You know, there's like, I'll have 15 ball caps stacked on my head, right? Mm-hmm. Each one has a different name. Like one's accounting, one's sales, one's technician, one's whatever, you know, you, you get the idea. But the goal is to be able to take one of those hats off and go, all right, I have a technician that's going to be mowing. I was doing that before that was say $20 an hour. I need to be paying myself as the owner $20 an hour when I'm doing that work. If you could, once you pass that hat off, now you're like, Hey, it didn't change one bit when I added that guy because you know, I'm, I knew what that price was. Okay. The cost was already built with the owners, with the owners pay. Like I said, if you're small and you're starting out, you pay yourself no matter what. Pay yourself like the fair wage of what you would pay like a technician or something. Because don't forget, that's not the limit. Your limit, you're the business owner. You are you have access not only to the wages that you're trading your time for money, but you're also, you could get into the profits. So, you know, if you if you find out you're working at like say you know twenty five percent profit margin, which means after everything everything is paid for, like people 
places, things, everything like that. After everything that you need to do to operate your business is paid for and you have a 25% margin, then you're like, I could take money from there, put that into my account, pull that as a owner's withdrawal, as a profit, you know, mm. not that don't get that confused with, oh, that's my owner's pay. No, no, no. Your pay is included in all this profit is after all that you could t take from there and you could be like, you know what? I could still, I still have enough profit to reinvest back into the business. Mm -hmm. And you could adjust those, you know, I, I hate to give out percentages as of like what for an sure. owner should pull for himself because I could say, Hey, you know what? Take 10%. Well, if you make 10%, you know, if, if you're making a hundred thousand dollars, it's gross, then you're, paying yourself 10,000. Yeah. And it just doesn't work out that way, you know. Gotcha. One thing I would say about the like owners draw, owners withdraw, talk to your accountant before mm -hmm. you classify how money is moving around. My first year in business, I exclusively paid myself through it was once I had hired my first employee, I was using a payroll software to pay both of us. And I classified every transaction to myself as owner's draw. And it cost me a lot come tax time because I was not paying myself a base salary. I was doing everything through owner's draw and it like massive, like cost me thousands of dollars. Right. Yeah. It, it, there's, we, we could talk about this in a different <laughs> thing, but not to get into the the difference between like a sole proprietorship an LLC and an S corp and how all those are taxed, you know, definitely I agree. Talk to your accountant about it because if you're, you could really get yourself to where you're paying more than what you should. Yeah. And then you're like, I got all this money. And then you're like, Oh, uncle <laughs> Sam just kicked in the door and said, Nope, I need but thanks this for holding all my money. Report this and it's mine. Yes. And instead of paying what we're supposed to, it ends up being they're taking a lot more than they need. And what we uh, should do is just uh, everybody who owns a lawn care business should buy a Ford Raptor and write it off. And then we're we're all good. Right. And he, oh, that's a that's a great point, too. Another thing. This is where I, this is my original thought that I was getting to. One thing going into with this economy that we're doing, I would highly suggest being careful if you're going to use credit because one of the one thing that pops up a lot is it's not that you can't use debt to benefit yourself i am more of a debt-free kind of guy but here's the thing i understand if you have a piece of equipment especially if you know we're not just talking lawn mowing guys we're talking about hardscapers that may have a big piece of equipment landscapers uh invest in like skid steers and, and excavators and things and these machines are you know they're up there they're you're talking you could spend one hundred and twenty thousand on one piece of equipment um and it's not like yeah you could you could just pay cash for it you know mm. but that that machine's going to be working for them and making the money as they're paying it off so that it makes sense that way but here's the thing i wanted to uh, say is talk to your accountant about it if you're going to purchase a big piece of equipment because there is that great the uh the section 179 where you can purchase equipment for your business and be able to write it off all in one year 
Now that's great. It helps a lot of businesses, you know, uh, reduce their tax liability mm -hmm. uh, because they're showing that they purchased this piece of equipment. But the problem I find is when guys do this, but then they write it off all in one year, but they have five years of payments. That first year you write it off, it's like, great, now I my tax bill is really small. But then the next five, four years after that, because they didn't depreciate it like a traditional, uh, like they, they would traditionally, they're still making all those payments, but they cannot write that off on yeah. their taxes. They can write off the interest that is accrued on a loan on their taxes, but you know, that might only be, it's like, Oh, I, it's like a thousand dollars. It's like, yeah, you made $10,000 in payments. Yeah. You know, you, you weren't able to write those off. So especially with the way that things are going, be strategic when it comes to purchasing equipment and then whether you're going to write it off all in one year, or if you're going to depreciate it, most likely I would always try to take that 179 because that section 179 could disappear any, any point, given yeah. year. But it's a great tech, it's a great thing to do. But just realize that it could affect future years where your tax liability may increase and go up because you don't have those write-offs. And the the big thing here, and I think everyone listening knows this, we our audience is usually like pretty serious business owners. But uh, don't don't get sparkles in your eyes and and buy more than you need because mm -hmm. you're able to write that off. That is still money going out of the business. Exactly. Uh, so buy at you know the level that you need to buy at to get the job done and to make money, not to maximize your uh, you know not to optimize your taxes. Yeah, and, and, and perfect example. I had a a client of mine that about. Uh, I keep everybody's info secret and everything, but he, we talked about it and he said, you can tell this story whenever you want. And I said, <laughs> okay, he, I went, I was on site at his facility and we were walking around. He's showing me all these things. Long story short, he showed me that I, I said, Hey, what's back over here? You know, he had, he had like a whole warehouse, like just filled with equipment that some of it was out, you know, working, which it should have been. But I started asking, I'm like, man, you got a lot of equipment laying around here, you know, like <laughs> it's not getting used. And then I happen to look in the back and I go, what's all that? <laughs> and he pulls back this tarp. And I'm not kidding you. It was, it's like a huge, like, you know, probably like, you know, 30 by 30 area. And there were just all these brand new standards on still on the pallets, you know, and they had like clear plastic over each one. And I'm like. Whoa, what are these? And he's like, oh, I bought these. Like, you know, he had like 13 of them. And I'm like, he's like, yeah, these are going to be like the backups for the ones that are going to get old. I'm like, well, how long have they been sitting here? You're like, you just get them? He's like, no, they've been here, you know, for a while. We just haven't rotated them in. And I'm like, so you have all these brand new pieces of equipment that are not doing anything. You bought them. Ooh. You wrote them all off in one year. And I said, and they aren't well, generating they, uh, anything. Yeah, they're not earning anything. I'm like, well, I get you pay cash for them. He's like, no, I financed everything. And I'm like, oh, man. I, I'm like, hey, man, what's your accountant's number? We got to talk to this guy. <laughs> <'Cause> I'm, like, 
I'm not, you know, I'm not, I wasn't saying it because I'm like, oh, I'm going to tell this guy something. I'm like, did you talk to anybody about this before you did? And he's like, no, I just read an article about, you know, that, you know, I could write all this stuff off. And I'm like, yeah, maybe you should talk to your guy, man, because he's going to need to help you out because they're going to have to have a plan for this. So anyway, long as it, that was a whole thing. We don't, I don't think we have enough time to talk about it, but it was, um, yeah, like he had 13 brand new machines and it was probably halfway throughout the season. He still hadn't had taken receipt of them and still hadn't put them into 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 the field. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, John, thank you so much for coming on the show and we hope that we'll be able to get you back on. Oh, I'll, I'll come back anytime you want, Cody. Thank you so much. Hey, guys, if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. And uh, I will be talking about this topic on our YouTube channel as well. That video should already be out. So if you want to go find us over on YouTube, Lightspeed Social Agency over there. Thanks so much for for listening and make sure to leave a rating and a review uh, if you enjoyed the podcast. All right. Bye. Oh, oh, Robert would be upset with me if I didn't say grow your business at Lightspeed.